uh, I'm not going to put any of the previous stuff in anywhere. <laughs> no context, because context sucks. For intro quotes, yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah, I mean, least amount of context, the better. Also, I'm developing a collection of me saying variations of, Scott, you're an idiot. <laughs> also going to be an intro quote. You just do this in your free time, right? Just you're right, alone. right. Yeah. <laughs> those little, uh, little voice recorder machines, he goes, uh, note to self. <laughs> yeah, it's practice. Yeah, he just stitches it together. Mm -hmm. Waiting in line at the store. Scott is an idiot. Scott is an idiot. Scott is an idiot. Scott is an idiot. <laughs> if I do enough variations on it, I can eventually program a text-to-speech engine. <laughs> a text-to-speech engine? That's something that Fort Max would use. I don't know what you're talking about. No, text-to-speech engine. It's like some machine. Oh, a text. Yeah, okay. No, that's, that's a Texas instrument. Oh. <laughs> Oh, there you go. If I get enough samples, I can just make um, um, a MIDI instrument <laughs> based on the sounds of Scott. You're an idiot. Pitches. I always assumed that a Texas instrument would be like two plus two is four, y'all. It... Well, they are known for making calculators. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Uh huh. Cosine. <laughs> Good. Now I want the talking Texas Instruments calculator with stereotypical Texas dialect. <laughs> Thanks. Or yep. would it be like a Texan speaking spell? <laughs> <laughs> the Mexican goes, I'm lazy. <laughs> I, that's what a Texas that's, that's, that's not what a speaking spell is. <laughs> Oh, okay. I thought it was one you pulled say. the string. No, that—that's <laughs> not a—that's not a speaking spell. That's a C and say. That's a C and say, right? Okay, I'm, I got you. <laughs> There's no spelling involved with that. The woman says, "I'm pregnant, barefoot in the kitchen." Okay. All right. Well. Where does the zipper noise come from? I know, well, right? You're pulling the string. You're pulling the string. Oh, okay. I thought you liked the, the little... woman in the kitchen was unzipping something. It's just getting very confusing. <laughs> well, she knows what's good for her, she will. That's still confusing. Yeah, I know. Shut up. <laughs> keep your flour in zippered sacks or something? Wait, or... your CNCs your CNCs didn't sound like starting a lawnmower? Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah mine were, mine were uh, gasoline or two-stroke <laughs> gasoline-powered. <laughs> You had to wear a backpack while you used it. Uphill, both ways. In the snow. Back when I was a kid, they were gasoline-powered, you got black lung from it. Dozens of kids per year died of carbon monoxide poisoning for using it in enclosed spaces. <laughs> <laughs> the 80s were a magical time. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, I saw Popples today. Popples? Popples. Oh, I remember Popples. Yeah. Apparently they they came back or something and now they're at Bargain Hunt. That's Popple. It sounds familiar, but I can't place it. Little it's plush like, things. You turn them inside out into like little plush balls. Oh, yeah, they're kind of like your mom. T hundreds of people turn those them inside come out. Come back in some form or another every five or six years. Like uh, yo-yos and tops. Yeah. And ska. No, ska has not come back since '97. <laughs> It's uh, it's in the ghetto next to swing band music. Hey, remember the yo-yo ball? I do. I had one. They were yeah. awesome. Yeah. They're so futuristic. I, I always wanted one because I was terrible at yo-yos when I was a kid. No. Yeah. You don't say. 
There was a physical activity you weren't extremely good at? You consider a yo-yo as a physical activity, which says a lot about your physical activity. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a programmer. Shut the fuck up. Podcasts. The Final Frontier. These are the Star Trek episodes of the podcast Superhero Time. Our continuing mission? Explore old episodes of Star Trek, alienate even more listeners, and boldly plow your mom where no one has come before. Superhero Time presents that one episode of Star Trek. With Chris. Filmation Star Trek, when a phaser beam is actually cheaper. Hey, Mickey. Zap. Ow. Zap. Ow. Zap. Ow. <laughs> Scott. I gotta, I'll just keep shucking my balls with this taser I got here. And Fort Max. Sure. Let's go with that. So this week on that one episode of Star Trek, fuck you, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I'm beholden to a single person now. Well, we'll see how long that lasts. You know, corporations are considered single people. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe they should date more. I, uh, yeah, I did yeah. sell my soul to uh, Paris. I refuse to believe that they're people until they actually execute one. <laughs> God. <laughs> hmm. Well, yeah, that's kind of like the witch thing, though. It's like, is this person a witch? I don't know. Burn her at the stake. If she dies, then she wasn't a witch. <laughs> you know, just beyond the immediately obvious flaws with that logic, there is one other thing I wonder if they ever considered. Mm. Okay, we're going to tie this person who we think is an evil magical entity to a stake and set them on fire. If they burn, they probably weren't a witch. What if they don't burn? Then what do we do? Then she's right. pissed. Right. Then she's pissed, and we've run out of our one good idea. <laughs> yeah, our one weapon is now useless. <laughs> well, see, that's the funny thing well, about history. Were, they, that, that never there happened. Were, there's so another never weapon, the which was... Well, there was another weapon, which was, see if we can drown her. Okay, but... If she was a witch, she wasn't going to drown, though. They already, they've already <laughs> established that. And then they have a witch that isn't on fire. Right. <laughs> <laughs> See what they should do is try to drown her first, because then if you know she survives the drowning and is probably a witch, and then they try to burn her to confirm it, at least they dry her off then. Yeah, and as they ba- humidify the area so yeah. they'll have fresh skin. Yeah. As bad as this conversation is, it's not nearly as sexist as the Star Trek episode we're about to watch. I don't see anything sexist about this episode. Oh my god, this episode is so sexist. You're reading sexism into it because you naturally think of women as being stupid and inferior people who can't take care of themselves. <laughs> right. I don't know why That's your wife doesn't beat you. <laughs> I know she doesn't. <laughs> but this isn't a video call. You can't tell if I'm wearing Irish sunglasses or not. Mm. But You're Irish, so... Yeah. Let's say something with this episode, though. If you gender swap them... It's, the story still reads the exact same way. I, I don't know. Some of the dialogue is, is kind of like... Actually, it like, would have been a more interesting episode that they had gender-swapped the inhabitants of that planet. It would have been. I, I think the dialogue I think, specifically states that these women are weak because they are women. Not they're weak. weak. Because they were coddled in this underground complex. Not weak. Stupid. They keep making no, these comments like, okay, well, weak they're just the same, women. There's no the way these thing. women could have They're intellectually this. weak. 
Right. Well, but when you consider accused of because they're inferior beings, it's because they've been basically been neutered by technology. And the men upstairs are just as stupid. Yeah. Yeah, but at least they can survive on their own, though. If and you they're call primitive. those legging surviving. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so the source of our the source of this early debate is the third season original series episode Spock's brain. Oh, yeah, we should introduce that, shouldn't we? Uh, probably so. <laughs> this is yeah. widely considered the worst episode of Star Trek by most people. I, I'm not really seeing yeah, most that people myself. people are fucking stupid. It's <laughs> fine. No, the it's worst, great, the worst episode of the original series is The Way to Eden. That's a known fact. Which one was that? What was that one about? Sadness and suffering. <laughs> well, what was the plot? Oh, I don't know, but it sucks. Oh, okay. All right. I've never seen it, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seen it. All right. So, uh, I don't know. This, this episode, I don't know. I, yeah, it wasn't nearly as bad as the legends foretold, but it's still pretty bad. But there are, there are some good lines in it. Like, McCoy has some, some funny stuff that he does. And, and you could also tell that they didn't have the budget that they had for the previous two seasons. Yeah. Right. But because, God, budget... the set quality's gone down. <laughs> but the budget did not prevent us from getting remote control Spock. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, sure, that... That doesn't require anything other than a prop that could be cobbled together in half an hour. And probably reused for a dozen other things that we don't notice. But, but I meant that Spock, though, require at least a dozen D-cells to be changed out every ten minutes. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what they did with the empty space in his head until they put his brain back. That was just a big battery pack in there. Spock, are there some D-cell batteries in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? Are those D-cell batteries in your cerebrum, or are you just pleased at my presence? <laughs> it is agreeable to see you again. <laughs> okay, so I guess Mickey should probably run this episode, since oh, he has the... Uh, I'm going to run by telling Scott to run it. But Scott doesn't have the correct attitude about this episode. I will just Scott... do whatever. I mean, I'm whatever you guys want. Like, I, I think need... Scott will ruin it, because he's Scott. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my damnedest to ruin it. <laughs> but will ruining it be funnier? Mm. All right, so the Enterprise is hurtling through space, and a bizarre-looking little ship is flying up towards it. Uh, it looks, it looks, looks like nice a knob on a bathtub. <laughs> it looks like the pigs in spaceship, only you fly, like, <laughs> it's, it's been, like, red-shifted because it's going so fast. <laughs> Well, if it's going that fast toward you, it would be blue shifted. Uh. So, um, yeah, we actually see that Sulu's little monitor thing raising up out of the, the cabinet, which I've never actually seen the thing move before. I assumed it was just static. Well, you didn't see him funneling the balls underneath it. Yeah. So that's neat. I didn't know that thing was automated. I think Oop. that I think you get to see it raise a couple times in the first season. There's still no explanation as to what the fuck it does, but, you know. It's his uh, phaser scope. Yeah, it's a, it's a targeting oh. scanner, I guess. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Right? Sure, why yeah. not? Exactly. No, that's correct. That, that's the, uh, <clears throat> when he arms phasers, he has his little scope so he can aim them. I see. <laughs> that sounds unnecessarily complex. It was Probably. cool as shit in the 60s. Yeah, you know, Sulu needed his little thing that was the equivalent of Spock looking into the uh, radar scope on his station. Spock's magic answer machine, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Spock, we have a problem this episode. Oh, let me look into the thing. 
I don't think it's in there's the script for the episode. <laughs> Isn't it just a magnifying lens over an iPad? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like the old Game Boy, like, things you'd yeah. throw down the Game Boy so you could see it. Yeah. <laughs> I had one of those. Okay, so they're remarking how great the, the ship is, and Scotty's like, oh, it's powered by an ion engine. So Holy shit, that thing's high tech! Well, it is uh, if one actually and works. This, and at this scene, I was wondering, wait... Where's Scotty? I don't. I don't see it. Wait, that guy's Scotty? <laughs> really? Fort Max is all confused. Ah, <laughs> uh, the difference it makes when you don't have a gallon of product in your hair for once. So they're amazed by this half a Tie Fighter. <laughs> and man, the CGI and these shots is bad. That's better Still than it used to be. Original effects. Where it's just a blurry smear on the screen. Well, yeah, I mean, this is the third season where they couldn't didn't even have any new shots of the Enterprise because Roddenberry took them out <laughs> and sold right. them. So, uh, about this time, Princess Katana from Mortal Kombat beams onto the bridge. Um, and she smiles. And, and I will say, initial, initially, I was like, "Okay, Kirk's going to be happy because originally she was." on green when she was first beaming on. So like, yeah, you totally beat me to that, by the way. Because the first, like, oh, wow, get green women delivered right to our bridge. And yeah, the other disappointment when she fades to flesh-colored. He's like, oh, oh, she might be a threat now. Fuck. Beat me to it, poor Max. So she starts grinning like an idiot and pressing buttons on her wristwatch, and she just basically roofies everyone on the ship. Of course, Kirk's like, I gotta get me one of these. <laughs> Yeah, she does grin like an idiot, though. That's true. But we find out later why. Spoilers, it's because she's an idiot. <laughs> so eventually she comes over and starts stroking Spock's hair. <laughs> so shiny. Oh, he must... Oh, he conditions. This is nice. <laughs> so full of body. Yeah, I could just... Ooh, just this feel the logic. Ripe. It's ripe. <laughs> this melon is ripe. So an unspecified amount of time later, the crew starts waking up. Uh, Kirk recovers rather quickly because he's used to being waking up from knocked out. Yeah. And he immediately realizes, Spock, where's Spock? I've got to go find Spock. Y'all take care of whatever needs to go. I need to go to sickbay because McCoy is bothering me about something. Jim, hey, down here. Uh, I like how, yeah, again, because McCoy just like, well, what is it? All right, just come down here. No, I really need to know first. What, how important is it? Just come down here. No, I need to know what's going on, so I need to just get down here. And that goes on for like 10 minutes. <laughs> of course, the next time he tried that trick, Spock was dead, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> Never doing that again. Shit. So, uh, McCoy and Chapel have got Spock's body on a... The thing that gave Neelix his virtual lungs. Oh, uh, why did you have to even bring that up? <laughs> you because know, too bad it... this wasn't a Voyager episode and they could just put a holographic brain in Spock's head. We <laughs> 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 state the medical, we <laughs> state the nature of the medical emergency. <laughs> so, what's going on here, McCoy? Spock's brain is gone. Well, no, no, no. 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 It takes about 10 minutes of back yeah. and forth to fucking get to that. Right, so first is... McCoy is like, you need to come down here. I'm not going to tell you why. Then Kirk comes in and is like, okay, what's the problem? Uh, well, um, no, what's the problem? 
Well, you see, it's kind of... McCoy's kind of bad at stating things this episode. I... There are a lot of t- <clears throat> things here where it's like, yeah, they're just trying to fill out the runtime. Yeah? Yeah. Well, so boom, somehow what is McCoy... it? I don't know, it's something terrible. Arr. He's well, rigged up Spock's body to be, like, on a ventilator. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah, full life support. Yeah. But the thing is, he also says that, like, you know, up until the point where they loaded him on there, his body was, you know, just carrying on by itself with its autonomic responses. With no Vulcans brain. are weird. Yeah. <laughs> which I thought was kind of cool. I mean, I, one thing about this episode... It makes no sense, was... though! Why not? Well, no, you know, you leave the brain stem, and yeah, your autonomic functions go on. I mean, there are plenty of people who are brain dead. Their higher functions are gone, but they keep breathing, and their heart keeps pumping because it's all autonomic. That's lower on the brain stem. It's not higher functions. Right, but I don't think there'd be much purpose in them taking Spock's brain if they don't have the brain stem with it. No, you don't think so? Because all they need is the higher level of functioning stuff. I think they need the whole brain. I don't know. We never get to see the brain, which is very disappointing. That would have cost money. Ugh. Getting a jello mold and making enough jello to make a you know a Spock's brain. <laughs> it was the sixties. There was a okay, shortage. But so if like, if Spock's brainstem or whatever was controlling his body perfectly, what do they need you know the respirator for? It, yeah, I don't know. Some of that didn't make any sense to me. And why? That. And okay, they have this equipment, and they're like, but we don't know how long it's going to work for Vulcans. Why don't they? Right, Vulcans yeah. have been around forever. The ship's doctor, having zero knowledge of how to treat a Vulcan that's been in his care for three years, is becoming increasingly alarming as the series goes on. Especially <laughs> since other episodes have established there is another doctor on the ship who is more specialized in Vulcan medicine. Who's that? I don't remember his name. He appears like two times in the series. Ah. But, like, okay. there is a doctor on board the Enterprise with knowledge of Vulcan medicine. Oh, is it is it the uh, the the black guy? The, yeah. the is it is it from Africa? But I can't remember his name. Oh, I can't either. That guy was awesome, though. Yeah, yeah, he was the one who beat Spock back to consciousness that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's one of those characters I'd like like I'd like to have seen a lot more of. Mm-hmm. So this this scene in sick bay has been going on this whole time, by the way. Yeah, it's just <laughs> McCoy and Kirk talking about what they're going to do with Spock's brain. And, and well, just, they're going to go find it. And where? Well, they make a point. If McCoy says, well, even if we find it, I don't know how to put a brain back in someone's head. I mean, even as advanced as we are, we still can't, like, just plug a brain back in. I mean, it's incredibly complex. McCoy doesn't even know how it was removed without killing the body. Right. Like, every synapse was, like, capped off and it was, like, perfectly done. So, who knows? I do love the CGI shots of the ship, though the new, the newer special effects. So pretty. It's it is bad on with that one close up of the bridge uh, section. Oh, you think so? I like it. Uh, yeah, actually, I rather like that shot because it shows some kind of weathering on the ship. Mm-hmm. It's not believable. Steel, but... I mean, it still looks like CG, but it shows yeah. they tried. It's still better than Jap- Japanese CGI. I wonder if they could re-remaster yes. the original series with just like more oh. more detailed rendering of those models. I I think part of the problem is is that it keeps cutting from these perfectly clean 
CGI shots to grainy 60s stuff. Well, and the, there's yeah. another problem that yeah. occurs through this episode where shots that have composite elements in them are a noticeably lower quality than the surrounding non-composited shots. Mm. Well, I was about to say, because the, there's a few shots like around now that uh, it's got the, the bridge, but we're looking at the view screen from like Kirk's chair's position and Kirk's walking back and forth in front of the screen. There's stars moving on the screen. And I think it looks great. No, when I, say, like, like when I say like composited stuff, like where they're doing fade out transitions or oh, that, that's it's like that on the film, because that's I mean, it's going to have <laughs> layered grain on there where I, all the imperfections and stuff. On one thing of film added with all the imperfections on another thing of film. Yeah, no, I mean, there's just, like, a completely different sort of visual quality. Like, it looks completely different. It's not a matter of, like, compounded film artifacts. It's, Mm -hmm. like, they had to use different masters for that. Like, remember (laughs) the uh, preview disc for Next Generation's Blu-rays where they couldn't find, like, 13 seconds of footage Mm -hmm. and had to upscale it? You know, there's a distinct difference... In every aspect of what that looks like, I that, actually have. I mean, even the this. even old Toku stuff is like that when you ha- in the difference between composited and just straight how it was shot stuff. I think we put Mickey to sleep though. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> okay, so film nerd analysis aside, right? So. Now on the bridge, we get to see, again, the main view screen, which we don't get to see very often, and they're discussing the planets in the system. They follow the ion trail of the chick ship. They take they follow it to a system, but there are like five habitable planets in the Three. system. <laughs> Whatever. Three, sir. Holy hand grenade me. Whatever. I don't care. Um, <laughs> and so it, which I, planet are they going to? I, um, liked, mm. I like this scene. I like them discussing the different planets and trying to figure out which one it went to. I, I well, Chekhov cool. wants to go to the one with a 14th century level of development because he's Chekhov. Yeah. Yes. Sulu says, let's take the middle option, because I'm middle of the road in every scene. Well, I was going to say, he, you know, he was like, well, that's the most advanced planet, so that would make most, most sense. Because they had, like, what did they say, like, around the year 2030? Yeah. Was a technology level, which I thought was cool. Like, no, that's dumb. They still don't have space flight. Right. Let's go with the planet covered in glaciers. But with all the weird anomalies on it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Maybe the first planet. <laughs> God damn it, Chekhov! <laughs> so Kurt finally goes, and no, they spend well, five well, more, and they spend five more hours going back and forth on this until right. Uhura pipes up with, "What do they want Spock's brain for in the first place?" Uh, I mean, it's a good oh, question. Yeah. I haven't even thought about that. <laughs> Maybe we could reason that out. Maybe we know which planet they go for. Because Uhura, as usual, is hard, is trying as hard as she can to save these idiots. <laughs> Yeah, see, her and Either that chapel... or move the plot along. See, this episode should have been her <laughs> and those chapel beaming down and dealing with this themselves. Yes. That probably would have gone a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She would have just gone in, walked into the machine, hit a few buttons, gone, there, it's done. Can we leave now? <laughs> <laughs> I would love to read it, her as logs. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a Twitter account. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Too bad none of us are clever enough to do it. That's true. I'm clever enough. I'm just not dedicated enough. I'd lose interest after like two tweets. Which is how most of these accounts go. Yeah. Oh my god, they're still talking about which planet to go to. (laughs) (laughs) And Chekhov's reasoning was the first planet, because it has the highest population, it's the most primitive, 
but they had the most population. Oh, okay. Stupid Russians. <laughs> Although there was a, there's a good line later with him, which I which I appreciate. I'll bring it up when we get to it. Is it the we might as well be comfortable? Uh, no, but that, that's good. Not the one I was talking about. Okay. Let's wait till we get to it instead of blowing our load now before we even fuck the bitch. What? That's what I'm saying. I just mentioned it. I didn't know anyone was going to question me on it. No, XV's like, no, straight to the point. Question everything. <laughs> okay, so we're going to the ice plant, and they beam down to a beautiful-looking set. Oh, uh, then it just cuts to uh, the standard planet with a blue backdrop. Uh, yeah, the matte painting was awesome. Yeah. But I am thankful we've beamed into a planet that does not have an orange sky. For yeah. once. Yeah, they keep making a point of how it's got a normal Earthish atmosphere. And uh, there's two red shirts down there, and spoilers, they both survive. It's amazing. Two red yeah. shirts and this other guy that. Oh. <laughs> Would you let it go? It's Scotty! He hasn't been replaced. <laughs> like pod people. Or Fort Max. <laughs> Did you see? It's not him. Look, you know how some people are like really good, you know, recognizing somebody from like profile or, you know, hearing their voice in a crowded room. Fort Max mm -hmm. just identifies by hairstyles. <laughs> so if somebody has a new that's, hairstyle yeah, one day, yeah. she is just confused now, now beyond audience, all hope. That's what happens when your only uh, interaction with with humanity is anime. You just judge everybody. You can only tell them apart from their hairstyle. Because the faces are always the same. Yeah. Exactly right. Thank you. Of course, again, I have the same problem with old women because they'll have the exact same haircut and the exact same face, and I can't tell them apart. Yeah. But the thing is, though, with old women, it doesn't matter. Yeah, They're they'll always... die soon. Oh, Well, it does. Usually he's having to deal with them on a table in front of him. <laughs> but then it doesn't matter what their name is. No, but it matters for all the ones that come to see them. Okay, so apparently these cavemen down here that live on this planet have scissors because they all have the goofiest haircuts. Oh, they're not cavemen. They're uh, an alien tribe of Shakespeare. <laughs> they have strangely medieval hairstyles. I, I honestly, when I saw them, I was like, how did, how did they cut their bangs? What the hell? I just love the fact that they're wearing like, le leggings and like, leg they, warmers. They look like Hippies who haven't had access to combs in a while. So hippies. So hippies, yeah. <laughs> they also the people that man the castle in Army of Darkness. <laughs> and my steel. I, I think my dad has album has, has an album cover with those people on them. <laughs> this is CCR before they formed a band. <laughs> I think we saw some of these people down in Atlanta, actually. Uh, yeah, I think they were like high and drunk and asking us for money. Yeah. Like, what the hell are these haircuts? <laughs> it's, like, it's distracting. I can't like concentrate on them. Anyway, I like in this I scene that basically, I like in this scene they're using the tricorder to like track where these people are moving, like trying to sneak around them, and so they're spreading out to ambush the ambush. <laughs> right. Like that's kind of neat. Which fails horribly because the cavemen still get a drop on them. Yeah, but they still have phasers, so it's fine. Yeah. Oh, earlier when Chekhov was scanning the planet, he says, you know, it's got a high temperature of around 40 degrees. It's livable. <laughs> yeah, and that's when Kurt goes, oh, you're, you got thick skin or something. And that's the line I was talking about. It's that, that subtle uh, reference to him being Russian and, and liking the cold. Yeah. 
but, think, it's, but it's like the most ones. it's the most subtle one of those Chekhov yes. is Russian references. Right. So I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, me too. That's why I liked it. Yep. Mm-hmm. I love so, the Shakespeare troupe. Uh, that's where I first started really enjoying this episode. Chekhov's yeah. going on about how it's uh, about how it's a perfect temperature, and then he starts shooting a rock to heat it up for warmth. Yes. Right. <laughs> well, he's doing it for the red shirts. That's what they makes get, it livable. If they if they drop like two or three degrees, they just die. Okay, so he's trying to keep the red say, shirts alive. Let's say Chekhov was Paladin. Like if he was playing this role in the episode, he would be looking for a garbage can to set on fire to make it livable. Oh, that's true. Yeah. But it's not yeah. the environment, it's you know how you decorate it. Exactly. <laughs> it's livable when you know how to work with what the plant's giving you. So the cavemen attack and by just like throwing a bunch of bullshit at them. <laughs> I only have one weapon. I better throw it at the enemy so they have it. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, throw so your phasers does... at them. <laughs> the Kirk does one of them and the rest of them just like scatter. Wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Curly. <laughs> so they run away. They're like, run away, run away. <laughs> no, I mean, if someone starts shooting green lightning across a field at you, I think you'd turn and run. You'd probably say, that is bitchin', but you'd also run. Yeah, I'd be like, is Pink Floyd playing? This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so the stunned dude wakes up. And then he, oh he yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so Kirk orders as they're as they're trying to outmaneuver the uh, the Shakespeare troop. Kirk orders phasers on stun, <laughs> saying, "I want them conscious." Okay. Well, let's just think about that for a second. Also, uh, while we're here, let's go ahead and just burn the Prime Directive. Yeah. Well, there's there's a lot of that in this episode. Oh my God, so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, though, they've already contacted the Enterprise, so... Well, these people didn't. Somebody else on the planet did. Right. That's a technicality. <clears throat> they think someone on this planet did. Yeah, that's... that's also they were right, so... <laughs> they they have a hunch someone on the planet did. Well, it's probably still better than them beaming down to, you know, planet Renfair. <laughs> and Speaking of which... Them. Uh, Captain Renfair here starts delivering some like Witcher Three dialogue. <laughs> Kirk's like, "Who did this to you? Oh, they are the givers of pain and pleasure. They are six feet tall with eyes and hearts as black as coal." <laughs> Kirk's like, "Just whatever. Who are they? <laughs> no, I must describe them in more glorious detail." Yes. <laughs> uh, so they don't have fire, but they apparently have acting school. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, the crew scans around and finds a big underground mall to investigate. Well, what about the cave and the motion detector and all that stuff? We're getting there. That's, they're going to the mall. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's the entrance to the mall that but, they haven't know, gotten first, to yet. First, yeah, Chekhov's, that's the first Chekhov's like, I've found Foundations. Because, of course, that's what would most stand out, concrete slabs in a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why he was so pleased about it, because he found something that should be like, really hard to find. Oh, and also, this is around the time where, uh, I think, maybe maybe it was right after they landed, Kirk was like, uh, Spock, what are your readings? And he kind of goes, uh, Scotty, what are your readings? <laughs> it's like, ooh, ouch. 
To which Scotty has the grace to ignore, I'd, I'd like to point out. That wasn't even scripted. It was just, you know, Shatner fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> they kept it in because it happened to work. <laughs> All right, so they make their way to the cave where they find, like, a, a hamburger, like, sitting in a mousetrap. <laughs> Ooh, hamburger. <laughs> and the crew helpfully decides, this must be a trap. <laughs> And they spend, like, how long going over uh, the metal weapons and stuff? Oh, my God. Yeah, quick. Yeah, Kirk is quick to point out. It's like, well, here's a cache of food and, like, you know, tempered steel forged weapons, which clearly the caveman didn't make. Yeah, so I mean, like, is... Scotty, the engineer, doesn't recognize that these tools are beyond the technology of the people they've met. Well, maybe they're nationally <laughs> He's occurring. an engineer, uh, not an anthropologist. <laughs> Right, but Scotty also just had a bunch of rocks and literal shit thrown at him as weapons. <laughs> right. <laughs> if they had access to machining and stuff, I mean... Scotty should know better. If it was the real Scotty. Well, Kurt decides they're going to spring this trap and see what happens. But to do that, we better call McCoy down here, too, because he needs to be in this episode. Yeah. <clears throat> he, he's need- got some... He needs he, to either put Spock's brain back in somehow. Right. And we need He's to bring it. Spock's body with us the whole way rather than just beaming it down when we find his brain. Yeah, surprise. McCoy beams, beams down with his remote control Spock. <laughs> Which is just like, the best dumb thing. I love this. It is pretty dumb. Because it's just like, Nimoy just slowly walking around, standing still. <laughs> Emotionless. So. Like normal. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, it's either like a really easy acting job for him because like no dialogue, or, or it's, just, it's like, a really, really hard demeaning. job to just stay blank like that the whole time. I think that's probably fine, but it could also be equally demeaning. Of like, okay, your job is to pretend like you're a remote control toy. Seriously, so like, so basically every and other female in this episode, I could get a reaction out of him the whole time <laughs> because you know he was. So they leave Chekhov outside, and they spring the trap, and the door slams shut. And Chekhov's like, well, all right. Yeah. Let's get comfortable. Uh-huh. Let's phase some rocks. And then he brings out uh, some the booze that he brought down with him. <laughs> well, I do, I do he like that. He starts fermenting that. a chair leg, makes some vodka. <laughs> I do like the fact that they use, like phasers for other, like, as a tool for yeah. other uses as just a weapon. So that was kind of neat to see. Okay, not, so inside the cage, trick, the door opens one. up. Oh. And revealing a woman dressed in a similar cu- outfit to Space Katana. But mm-hmm. it's a color swap, so she's clearly Space Melina. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, uh, Kirk just sees woman in tights and says, it's her! Shoot her! <laughs> we come in peace! She could kill, she could kill. <laughs> So he immediately stuns the shit out of her. And then he vaguely realizes, oh, this isn't the same woman from the ship. Wait, hey, fairness, the she, does, she does look remarkably sim- similar with the same hairstyle and everything else. So, Because oh, so she's got the same hairstyle, you're saying she looks the same. Well, yeah, she's like a Japanese anime character. Or an old woman. <laughs> or an old woman. I was going to say, Japanese anime character, This the hairstyle is the difference. Yeah, exactly. 
Now, this is the part where Kurt gets a little, like, a little abusey. He's like, answer my question. He's, like, shaking her and slapping her and, like, demanding the answer. Well, it's not like she's a baby. Well, she acts like one, though. She's like, people, what's going on? I mean, she's clearly, like, not all there. But he's going to keep shaking her until she answers. So that's how you treat babies. You shake them when they don't do what you want. That's true. Or my parents. Eventually, it makes them be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Very quiet. For a very long time. So the second the crew gets distracted, she tries to make a run for it, but they grab onto her. Which seems cruel, but really that's a smart move to do, because she would run and hit that alarm button, and they'd all be fucked. Uh-huh. Also, also they did uh, remember to take her bracelet away from her. So she can't roofie button them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh... Kirk cops in the communicator and dials up Spock's brain. Somehow. <laughs> and apparently it only works when he's standing next to Spock's body. Yeah. yeah. As he, like, he orders Scotty to do like a frequency scan for indeterminate reasons. Like that's how we get to Spock's brain on the radio. But like we don't actually know what the point of that action was supposed to be, because obviously the intention wasn't try to find the signal from Spock's brain, because why would they even think there is one? Exactly, right. So, yeah, Spock's like, Spock here. Like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm good. Or, what are you are doing you okay? here? Yeah, yeah, what are you guys doing here? You know, he, he, Spock seems totally nonplussed by any of this. He's just, whatever. <laughs> Meh. Also, uh, at some point, McCoy just slams his head into Kirk's, and it's really funny looking. When they fall to the ground, you're being stunned by the leader lady they fall down. Watch, 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 watch McCoy's head. He goes bonk, and it's, it's Kirk's. You can hear the coconut sound. <laughs> oh, bonk! Yep. <laughs> yeah. So Space Kid shows up and stuns them, and she's got like the biggest bumpet in the world in her hair. I mean, her beehive is just keeps growing larger in every scene. <laughs> Uh, they couldn't afford a brain, but they could sure make the hair big. All right, so in the alien women's mess hall, they're busy feeding their men pets. <laughs> All of whom have uh, cheap common uh, rider belts on. Oh, Everybody has those You belts beat on me now. to the joke. <laughs> <laughs> yes, twice Fort Max has done that to us. Yes, they're all wearing drivers in this scene. And they're all color-coded. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's right. I'm the Red Ranger. No, Scott, no. That, that's Sentai. Oh, uh, I don't know. What's the difference? Fort Max, explain well, him the difference. The Bugman usually doesn't have the giant robots. Oh, okay. So, the difference between, like, Power Rangers and uh, Giver. No? That's fairly close. See, this is why I stick to Star Trek, because that shit's stupid. <laughs> Not it as awesome stupid. as this is. And that's why oh, we don't do talk like, about it anymore. I like the fact that the uh, the alien ladies, they have a big plate of those uh, those candy fruit, you know, that are shaped vaguely like the, the fruit and bananas. They like bananas. And... Oh, I will see. Probably part of the reason Toku's gone downhill is because Toei's pretty much uh, isn't actually the lead producers anymore. It's uh, TV Ashi. He was taken over. You sure it's not Bandai? 
it's more the these are the shows that we that are on our airtime that the ratings are sucking for. We're taking over. Well, that's so, working great. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, they're just talking in this room. They're sitting around the table and talking. Yeah, and I, I'm really not following any of this at the moment. No, no, it's, I've kind of lost the thread too. So it's it's just basically we're looking for the brain, and the girls are like, "What is brain?" We're looking for Spock. What is Spock? Yeah, he's is the man. Spock. What is man? You know, what is air? What is sun? And it's like Jesus Christ! It's the most infuriating thing, and it just goes on and on and on. And McCoy keeps saying, "Like you're wasting your time, guys. These guys are, are, are these ladies are mental idiots. You're like talking to children." And they they talk like data though. They don't use contractions. Well, contractions are very advanced. Apparently, they, they use more letters. Yeah. <laughs> No, they use non-letter characters, and that's confusing. Uh, what is apostrophe? So, so, yeah. So Kirk is just trying to figure out who's running this shit show and how he can zap them and then take Spock's brain and leave. I am leader. There is no other. Man, those skirts are short. Welcome to Star Trek. The better to do high kicks in. Uh, Yeah. Even the leader lady is like, it's all pissed. It's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? And I can't explain it to her. Well, the so frustration is realistic, at least. What is Blaine? What is script? You know, it controls you. Oh, the controller. We have one of those. Can we talk oh, God to it? damn it. No! Say that. <laughs> so that's when Kirk finally fucking figures out. It's like, wait a minute. The controller, the brain, that's what they need Spock's brain for. And that's when he just goes, okay, I'm about to overact the shit out of this just to get out of the scene. He and Kirk drops to his knees. Holds us and goes, oh, great controller. <laughs> <laughs> Pour your blessings upon my face. Although I like, I like uh, what's-her-name's responses. No, you already told me what you want. You're lying. <laughs> yes, she remembered something that happened like a minute ago. <laughs> and then she just goes for a bracelet and zaps all of them. What a bitch. <laughs> uh, so the, the the trick to all of this, it seems like, is that she they, she and all the other people are idiots until they put on a magic helmet, which makes them smart for a specific task. We're not there yet. Well, well she, but she does mention, it's like, oh, I've got to go get smart to learn how to do this or something. Whatever. Yeah, I must learn what to do. Y- yeah. But she's smart enough to know that she's dumb, so good. <laughs> she's smarter than the rest of these idiots, then. These boots are fantastic, though. They were made for walking. They are fabulous. And they come in all different colors, too. <laughs> That's very exciting. Oh my god. Okay, so they so the our three main characters are in a purple holding cell and there's two cavemen goons in there. And they're trying to get the belts off, they're maglocked, okay, whatever. Yes, it really hurts when they turn them on. That sucks. Uh so they're looking around the room trying to figure out what to do, and like Genghis Khan caveman blocks the door. And they're just having this conversation. It takes them about ten minutes to realize, wait a minute, there's a table with all of our shit right there, including like communicators and tricorders. And the Spock button. Mm-hmm. Spot button. <laughs> so there's three of them and two guards inside the room with them with their equipment. These people are fucking idiots. 
<laughs> and one of the guards can't guard the equipment because he's guarding the doors. Right. And there's oh jeez. So the, the the intelligent future spacemen come up with an amazing plan. Let's punch them because there's more of us. <laughs> and, and one of the cavemen just gives this. I can't believe I went to uh, film. St- I can't believe I went to acting school and am doing this I to the camera. At Juilliard. <laughs> <laughs> just giving the boost. Why am I he- even here? Look at straight at the camera. Yeah. Uh, I'll just take the lamp they have in this room, though. It's tasteful. Oh, wait a minute. This isn't even a holding cell. This is the meeting room they were in a few minutes ago. Yes. They didn't even put me like in a jail. This is just their meeting room. This is just where they'd been the whole time. Yes. Oh, Jesus. This is the room they have. Yeah. For their, you know, underground civilization of approximately five people. Three. No, there was, you know, at least the two women, and I think there was a third dude that left with them. There's three women, because I saw at least There's three There's three women, people. and then the dudes are only there for a little while. Okay, so there's underground civilization of at least six people. Right. Uh... And a brain. <laughs> yes, and a brain. All right. That's not so... enough genetic stock, though. We'll have to bring in some Irish to help these people out. <laughs> No, there's, there's other options. We can do clones. That's only viable for like 12 or 13 generations. Well, yeah, that, that'll buy you like 300 years. Just, you know, enough time to wait for the Irish to show up. So after 10 minutes of retarded fight scene, Kurt gets the communicator, starts talking to Spock again, and they figure out, oh, Spock's brain is hooked up to the entire civilization and makes everything run. It makes it go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, they look. They look for things. Again, I like to point out that Spock is totally not upset with the situation. He's not like you get. You know, James, Jim, you got to get me the fuck out of here. This is nightmare. Uh, I want back in my body. He's like, well, if you guys want, I mean, you know, I'm being useful right now. So well, Spock's whatever. also like, you know, there's not that much of a chance of actually putting me back in my body anyway. So you could He's... just go home. He's outrageously cool about all of this. <laughs> well, logically, there's no reason to get upset. Apparently. Hmm, if I'm on this planet, I don't have to deal with McCoy anymore. <laughs> and I'll get to spend the next 10,000 years just pursuing intellectual things while I make this planet run effortlessly. Right, exactly. This. So, once I retire from Starfleet, can I just come back here? <laughs> uh Oh my god, they're still in the same room having the same conversation. <laughs> Just Kirk prancing around with a communicator. I mean, at least they could have, like, put him in a jail cell that was one end of their hallway set. <laughs> right. <laughs> put up, like, a cardboard wall or something. Yeah, all they need to do is, like, shine a light at the front of the thing and you got a force field door. There yes. you go. There you go. That's all it takes. Lights are expensive. Yeah. Can't afford any more colored gels for this episode. <laughs> They're all being used in the walls. <laughs> <laughs> They're all being used outside to make the sky orange or blue or whatever it was. So then they just walk out of the fucking room because they had a one guard but no lock. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they had a guard standing there. Uh... <laughs> 
Look, they had locks for a while, but they kept losing the keys. <laughs> what is key? So they had to put somebody in the hat, the magic smart hat, to decide, okay, we need to get rid of the locks. Yeah, one thing I love about Remote Control Spock is he controls like he's an old Resident Evil game. <laughs> one thing I like he, about... he can move forward or turn, but not at the same time. And apparently he makes, like, motor noises as he's yeah, getting yeah, yeah. up. <laughs> so I, I, I thought about that for a little bit. Because, yeah, obviously the clicking sounds sound like, you know, he's a clockwork Spock now. But I decided instead... Clockwork pro- Spock is my new band name. Yeah, yep. I decided instead it's probably actually those are popping sounds from various electrical connections firing to trigger the nerve impulses. Which is excruciatingly painful. Yeah, but he doesn't have a functional nervous system. He doesn't have a system. break to feel it, so... Yeah. Right, it's still terrible, though. He's going like, to get back in his body and like, why do I ache all over? <laughs> He's been tasered to move for like the past two days. <laughs> How do I smell like ozone? Oh, past day. <laughs> Remember, 24 hours. Yeah, yep. yeah. Don't be shoving plot in my face. Yeah, McCoy doesn't know how long they can keep Spock's body on life support, but he knows that he will die in 24 hours. Yeah. I only know what's convenient for the plot. Move along. <laughs> McCoy can't cure a rainy plot. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can. So they march their way over to the control center where they find Spock's brain thrown. <laughs> Which is a neat looking device. It's basically it's the viewing globe. <laughs> it is. Turn your gaze to the viewing spock. <laughs> <laughs> but Princess Katana is hiding behind the wall, and she secretly space roofies them. Yeah, Zapata. Well, it, it's more like they sneak up on her, and then she that. Then they get space roofied. But, you know, Kirk's been roofied so many times in his life, he's developing an immunity. Yeah. Yeah, it's like he's immune to mace. So, <laughs> so he's able to, you know... Send... like Jordy is immune to phasers. <laughs> and chlamydia. <laughs> but he has just enough strength through the pain to remote control Spock over to Katana and... And he uh, use perform... motor... Yeah, perform yeah. the exact specific... Yes. Uh, motor control necessary to release From the belt. behind Spock. Well, yeah, it's just down, down, forward, forward, punch. <laughs> right, yeah. It's kind of like a Hadouken. Sure, you can. Re-edit the episode and replace the Spock button with an Xbox controller. <laughs> <laughs> he starts, starts doing, like, uh, Dark Souls tumbles everywhere. <laughs> Shit, wrong button. Was it shoulder? Why is it shoulder? This is stupid. Man, Spock controls so much better with an arcade stick. <laughs> the response time is just so much better. Yeah. Spock like is advantage. You have to learn how to do Spock canceling. Uh, start, start a Spock motion, then you move into another one. Stop. Spock motion video. Okay, but does NES Advantage Spock also have uh, the music playing? It's got a turbo button. Yeah. <laughs> For rapid fire Vulcaning. Yes. <laughs> well, that happens at the end of the episode, but we'll oh, get to that. Oh, that's for a Vulcan cannon. <laughs> oh! <laughs> either that or they're... Either that or it's the Spock Vulcans that don't really ever do much, but are there always for whatever reason. Uh, Be- the beam saber works much better. Nope. <laughs> 
I I knew where Fort Max was going with that. Yeah. All right, so they put together that uh, Katana gets smart by wearing a hair dryer, <laughs> but it only lasts for an hour. So it's like a it's just a hair dryer full it, of. It like, locks, It lasts for exactly as long as they have left. It does look suspiciously like the thing that Doc Brown used in the first Back to the Future movie. So I was thinking more like what they put on uh, Vince Clortho in Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. Hmm. yeah. Okay, computing, herpa derpa derpa, pensive looks from everybody. So Ugh. they shove Katana into the smart device against her will. <laughs> well, she is just a woman. She's not a woman. She's an obstacle from getting Spock's brain back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just so happens that she has a vagina. That's, but it's kind of irrelevant to everything else. You say so. Her being a woman just makes it look more thing. abusive. I don't know. Just some of the lines in this episode are just kind of like, there's no way these women could have done it. Yeah, just uh, could have been worded better. There is a 60s sexism filter over this. Right. But yeah, I think the base plot is not sexist. Oh, agreed, agreed. That, that, all I'm calling that is that filter, that that '60s okay. filter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I, I don't mean the base plot is, but yeah, there's definitely that filter. There, there's like, no decision that they make or statement that they say on te- in, like in print that will looks sexist. It all looks pragmatic. Right. It's not like uh, the episode with uh, Pulaski in it. Uh, right. Truth has no beauty, or whatever the hell it's right. called. Yeah. Which was Truth is there no beauty. Yes, that yeah. one. That episode was really sexist. Yeah. Anyway, so um, they pump her full of smart math, <laughs> which they immediately realize was a dumb fucking idea. When she pulls a phaser on them from her garter belt, sexy. Yeah. And they realize, oh, oh shit, we just made our we villain our smart villains. enough to fight us. Yeah, I know. What what were they thinking? She's our opponent, so let's make her super smart. Well, she's just a woman. We can overpower her. So, uh, she starts expositing what's actually going on coherently. Uh, you know, the the brain controls them for 10,000 years. Uh, it loves That them. after 10,000 years, it's free. Time to conquer Earth. Yada, yeah. yada. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Kirk distracts her with his manly wiles long enough for Scotty to fake a stroke. I just want fake in quotes there, because really, Scotty probably just did stroke off there for a second. So is Scotty wearing <laughs> like a? Off. Is he wearing like a girdle or something? Because his red shirt only starts like just under his his pectorals. I don't understand they're, what he's wearing. Frankie pants. Yeah, that's what they look like. They're like Frankie pants. <laughs> you know, Kurt is all untucked and shit, though. He looks sloppy as hell next to Scotty. Well, Scotty's a professional, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. He is all untucked and, yeah, it did look kind of sloppy. I mean, he, he actually got to go on an away mission this time. Uh, actually, I think Scotty is wearing an equipment belt. I think that's why it's the black goes up higher. Is that what the equipment it is? he's carrying. Well, he was well, carrying equipment before they took it all away from him. He's Scottish. He's wearing it in his pants. <laughs> you mean in it's his liver? <laughs> Where do you keep your liver? <laughs> anyway, so they pull the gun away from her, and 
they start arguing with her, like, you're going to fix this. She's like, no. No, and you will. Like, you must. No, but you have to. No, but we're telling you to do it. No. And then it goes on for 10 minutes that way. <laughs> Stop. But you know, you know, I kind of like, though, that uh, she sticks to her convictions. She's like, no, I'm not going to fuck I will say this, this would have worked much better as an animated episode. I was just going to say that. <laughs> I am on a roll tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's the third time you've stolen something from us. It's but no, I like how she's like, no, I'm not changing my mind and giving in to your colonialism bullshit. <laughs> I'm sticking with my people and it was best for them. Fuck y'all. <laughs> and Kirk's like, well, uh, well, well, shit. <laughs> yeah, we can't make her do anything. So McCoy hopefully says, well, I'll wear the hair dryer. <laughs> but it could, but it, there's that moment of, but it could kill you, but it's your choice. And then I do it because I'm awesome. And then he does it. And, uh. Although Spock uh. does try to talk him out of it. Yeah. Again, I think Spock really actually would prefer to stay. He just doesn't want to tell them that. <laughs> like, no, no, guys, I'm good. Don't, don't put yourselves out. I mean, you know, it, if we just wait a couple more hours, it'll be a moot point anyway, so... This is pure logical thought in this form. Right. Hey, you want me to start shitting again? What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. I don't I'll have to rate to... in this body. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never have to wipe again. Do Vulcans wipe? Is there, like, no. Vulcan toilet paper? It's only logical. No, no they just come, it just comes out like little rabbit pellets. <laughs> Actually, they don't poop at all because all they ever eat is plumeek soup. So it's all liquid. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so they probably just urinate. Exactly. Although, imagine Sarek taking a piss. Like he's oh, like imagine... journal next to you, and he's like hiking up all his robes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like on the homeworld, Vulcans all calf. Because those robes would be kind of a pain to deal with all day. Oh man, that's funny. Yeah. I can imagine that Sarah doing it though. This. He'd be just like, he'd be, he'd be one of those loud relief grunters, like, oh. Well, especially oh, as he gets he's older, like, yeah. against the wall in front of the urinal as he goes. Right, right. It's like, like, yeah, like, like he's about to be pat down with one hand on the wall, one hand holding his junk so he can aim it. Oh god, that's so much better. <laughs> I have to imagine if there's Vulcan toilet paper, it's essentially sandpaper. Yeah, it's the most efficient like... way to clean every last particle off. Yes. Oh. God. Oh no! You know what? Vulcans would probably use something like a bidet, but it would emit sand, not water. Oh! <laughs> oh wow! No wonder they get such a bad attitude. No wonder Paul was such a bitch. Well, no, she was only that way after she got an Enterprise, and they didn't have a sand bidet. <laughs> after she was always a little <laughs> shitty after that. <laughs> She's always picking at her little cat suits. Like, oh, ew. <laughs> Ugh, gross. Oh. No, I'll stand. I'm good. I'll, I'll I'll stand. All right, so McCoy gets super smart. He gets a blue light shining in his face and starts putting his Spock's brain back in and begins to sweat profusely. Well, Apparently the the sweats, yeah, he sweats vegetable oil. So Katana's all upset, like, what are we going to do? We're all going to die. And Kirk's like, nah, you'll learn how to survive, and it's going to fucking suck, but you'll do it. <laughs> yeah, but you'll be better off in the long run, even though you probably won't be. Yeah, I like, I like Kirk's whole approach, like his whole angle at this. 
my people are going to die. No, you'll just have to move to the surface. Where it's harsh. You know, where it gets 40 degrees at a maximum. Right. And you'll just have to live out this ice age in misery. And, and the other... Had to... <laughs> And breed with cavemen, so have fun with that. Well, no, they're already doing that. Right, but see, like, they're just but bringing they, the, the cavemen cave... indoors, though. They've got nice haircuts. They don't, look like, they don't look like a Shakespeare troupe. Well, and I think they're bringing, you know, cavemen in from the surface whenever they need to, you know, repopulate, and then just sending them back outside afterward. With a fresh haircut and leather vest? Yes, and leggings. <laughs> Maybe a hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, somebody got, look, Og got laid. He's wearing new vest. Okay, so here's the thing. Like, early in the episode, uh, Chekhov, I think, mentions that the tropical part of the planet is not ice-covered because apparently it's the tropical part of the planet. Right. So, like, there is a warm area they could go live in. And Kirk does briefly mention, I, you know, the Federation will help you get set up on the surface for a yeah, while. I think what Jacob was saying is that the entire planet's covered in glaciers except for the tropical zone, and that's where they are at. I think they're at the warmest place there is on the planet. That's what I took out of it. Maybe. Yeah. That's how I took it. Anyway. So, McCoy is still putting Spock's brain together. What takes a while to reconnect all those wires? No, it doesn't. What about to watch all of it? No, remember, he said (laughs) a child could do it. Yeah. Well, a child could do it until his uh, brain myth wears off halfway through the operation. And he forgets how to do it. Somehow. So, so he Kirk, calls up to the ship for so, uh, a and so just does the best So much for uh, bringing that technique back with him. Yeah, Oops. right. I think McCoy knew that was a load of shit anyway. He was just using it to sell the idea. Probably. So I like how Kirk's idea to help him out is bones. Just hook up Spock's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> like, first of all, McCoy knows how to do that. Right. And maybe Spock was talking to us before his brains reconnected, then it could help you reconnect his brain. What? <laughs> yeah, and then Spock can tell you how to hook up his own brain because he's a better surgeon than you are? Well, he's a Vulcan. Even, he's superior about everything. You know what they, even you McCoy know what they... points that out. He's like, wait, now he's telling me how to do my own job. I'm like, what, the, what does anybody need anybody else but Spock? You know, you know what they could have done is call up to the ship and get the doctor with the knowledge of Vulcan medicine to come down and put his head in the machine and get another three hours. Yeah. And finish the job. Or, right. you know, the other two people in the scene. <laughs> well, I think the whole point was McCoy already has the medical background to understand the knowledge he would receive. Well, then what about Nurse Chapel? Well, and she, what about... She's just well, a nurse. It, it's not like the... Like, uh... Base lady had the medical background. No, but her brain is equipped to like absorb all of that and process it correctly. Like even she was saying, True. even she was saying when they, you know, smart methed her that time. Like you're not giving enough credit to the person who actually did the work. It's more than just absorbing the knowledge. It's being able to use the knowledge, which I guess the idea is nobody can if they don't have the medical knowledge if they're human. Also, is configured for a different species of alien. Well, yeah, that's kind of what the whole thing saying. Yeah, because I think the thing was is that they would have three hours for her if she did it, but they didn't know how long it would last for uh, humans. Right. 
so they hook his brain back up, and he immediately starts talking. Okay, do this, do that, and so on. So he's finally done. They, they screw his scalp back on, apparently. Oh, also, uh, before they get quite to the point of Spock's mouth being hooked back up, I love the dramatic, not even a montage they do of the close-up of McCoy's face. With the <laughs> Just yes. ropes in the there. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's so fantastically yeah. terrible. I love that that's like a gif as a wallpaper. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so Spock starts talking and goes, oh, congratulations, did a great job. This reminds me of this one time, blah, 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 and they all start laughing at him because now he's talking. And McCoy says, I knew it was a mistake hooking his mouth back up. Womp, 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 cut to credits, everyone laughs, fuck all 'all." (laughs) y'all. Now, the other question is, why do they need a brain controlling this space? Yeah, why couldn't they just have a computer? Uh, the brain is a computer. It's the most complicated computer of all. Which is why I can't do math, but my desktop can. You can't do math? <laughs> that explains a lot. <laughs> That's, how much is the tip? Uh, 15%. How much is that? How much is the tip? Is there somebody else here? I'll let them deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Oh, boy. I'm not worried about how much the tip is. It's the shaft that I worry about. That's true. You don't want to get shafted while you're trying to pay for lunch. Wait, we're not talking about the same thing, are we? We might be, actually. (laughs) (laughs) So do you order a hot big sausage between two buns? I'm saying you pay your check your own way, and I'll do it my way. Fine. I'm going to use money for mine. Okay, so that was Spock's brain. Ugh, God. It's not the worst episode. No, no despite the troubles we had talking about it, it's actually pretty enjoyable to watch. Well, it's the problem, dumb. The problems we had talking about it is that every scene goes on for about three times longer than it needed to. Right, for the entire hour-long One episode. One thing we didn't like even mention scenes. was that there was a whole, like, ten-minute cutaway up to the Enterprise, and I think a second shot of Chekhov sitting on the surface, uh, you know, getting his rocks off. No, 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 heating his rocks up. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Well, see, that's a general problem with the original series is that sometimes these episodes drag. Mm-hmm. But this seemed especially bad about that because it happened in literally every scene. Yeah. The same way. Yeah. Right. It, it was the characters going, tell me the thing. No. Do the thing. No. How about this now? No. And it's just this weird back and forth for a few minutes. And it's just. That's okay, why we're not a really... good animated series episode. This would have perfectly filled a 22 minute time slot. Agreed. As it was, they had to do 52 minutes, or however yeah. long an original series episode is without commercials. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Spock's brain is the big joke of, of the original series, but it wasn't as bad as foretold by legend, but it was still <laughs> pretty bad. Yeah, it's but, enjoyable. Like, but, yeah, but when you see it in context of the rest of the, the original series, it really kind of fits in. Cause I, I remember it being just completely just heinous. <laughs> but... But now watching, after watching a bunch of the original series, I'm like, no, it's pretty much on par. And it fits in with season three, for better or worse. Yeah, it being the first episode of season three. Oh, jeez. It kind of told you where this was going. I mean, there's definitely better episodes of season three. Uh, Day of the Dove is pretty fantastic. Mm. Um, that's the one where all the Klingons are on the ship and the magic space cloud turns everything into swords. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. That sounds amazing. And Chekhov yeah. tries to rape a Klingon woman. How does that go for him? 
uh, Kirk punches him in the face, but you know it's uh, not entirely out of character. There is another third season episode we have watched already, the Tholian Web. Yes, yes. Oh, that episode was not good. No, no it wasn't. No, that was kind it, of my point. <laughs> it added a lot to Star Trek as a, as a whole, but as an episode, yeah, it sucked. Like, I'm just looking through a list of episodes from Season 3, and, like, I like the Enterprise incident, which is the episode immediately after this, the one mm-hmm. where the Enterprise gets captured by the Romulans. But, like, oh, Is There in Truth No Beauty was also a Season 3 episode. Ah. So maybe just sexism is a trend of Season 3. Phew. Pretty rough. Season three is not all bad. It's just completely unremarkable compared to the first two. Mm-hmm. I think is what it comes down to. But, you know, budget cuts and everything. Lack, and of, still, lack of network confidence. Right. And it still just amazes me, though, that, a, that a, a cheesy sci-fi show in the late 60s with the budget and everything else it had became such a phenomenon. That's amazing to me. I mean, to me, watching the original series is just like, wow, this this was so good and so revolutionary that people fought and talked about this for a decade after it went off the air. Until movies got made. Until movies got made. And then, Ten even after, after the, the motion picture got made, they still wanted more. Yeah, still more than that. <laughs> There's I like what happened to- with Firefly. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, they, they finished <laughs> that shit up, though. They said, okay, here's a movie. Now we're done. Bye. But people still won't shut up about it. Yeah, that's true. But they're becoming increasingly desperate, which is hilarious. Well, it's also like long enough after that those people are starting to die off. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not any of them had children, so it's going to die with them. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like Star Trek fans had children. Oh yeah, so many. <laughs> no, they just you know clones. <laughs> They'll be good for another 400 years or so. Well, <laughs> why do the menagerie if we could just do the cage instead? Because the menagerie cuts the cage down to being, you know, not so boring. Well, the menagerie is also two episodes. That's the other catch, though. Yeah. But you get the menagerie, plus you get Spock and Kirk. So it's sort of like a best of both worlds. Eh. Best of both worlds is a completely different sack. God damn it, Formax. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, but I wasn't going to say it. Uh, that's what, four now? God damn it. It doesn't count if I wasn't ever going to say it. I think we were all thinking that one and just avoiding it. Uh, no, that, that's a mark against Fort Max. Well, what about the Squire of Gothos? That could be good. Some proto-Q. Yeah, we probably need to yeah. do that sometime. That would be a good one. But what's our, what 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 uh, series are we doing next, though? Well, we have four episodes of the animated series left before we have that completely wrapped up forever. Do we want to finish them off, or do we want to wait and save them for we need something? I mean, we always need something. So it really just comes down to, do we want to blow through the rest of them over the next two weeks, or... I don't want to do them back-to-back. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we to gotta split them up. Yeah. So what's next on the rotation, though? Well, next well, on the rotation let's... would be the animated series. Oh, okay. So this, well, then... You know, this was an original series week, but at the same time, we're kind of breaking out of the rotation a little bit because we've done a lot of Next Generation Deep Space Nine over the last two months. Thanks, That's Jordan. True. Months. <laughs> right. And, and Holodex. Right. So are we going to go to Voyager, or are we not doing Voyager at all? 
Now we're going straight on to Enterprise. I think we could. Yeah. I'm still on like episode eight of that series, so. You know what? I, like I said, I liked Enterprise. It had its issues the first season or two, but it got really good in season three and four. Okay, let's get an episode list for Enterprise. I refuse to believe that it gets good later on, but I don't there's, hate it as much as I did. I've better, adapted to the crew. There's better parts of season four um, when they started doing the, like, two or three part story arcs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were good. They, the weird, like, mini-arcs they did were, yeah. were very interesting. And, and again, Trip as the engineer, I really like Trip as a character. Uh, I, he's one of my favorite Star Trek characters. Like, the episodes right before the finale of Enterprise, which was the uh, the Terra Prime two-parter, yeah, is crazy. a really conceptually interesting thing, because, like, okay, how would humans in the 22nd century react to the increasing presence of aliens on the planet? Mm-hmm. And naturally, the answer is by coming by becoming violent isolationists, right? But yeah, there's something that's going on uh, somewhere in the world. No, today. Mm-hmm. no, I'm sure there's no parallels whatsoever in fucking fascism and racism. Well, speaking of which, I ordered that shirt. Oh, did you? Yeah. What shirt? <laughs> oh, I do not see Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, if you're if you're if you follow Hey Mickey on Twitter, you'll know what shirt he's talking about. Uh, hey Mickey, what's your Twitter? I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, let's see. I haven't tweeted much, so be still fairly close to the top. Uh, right. Salted caramel beer. Mmm. Salted it caramel beer. Copy here. I did not paste into this window. Mariah Carey. There we go. <laughs> Pictures and pictures, more Mariah Carey, even more Mariah Carey. God damn, hey, Mickey. A container You dress as Mariah Carey. Oh. Hmm? Okay. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, so I'm just wondering, uh, as I go through Mickey's Twitter, mm-hmm. did That's you dangerous. ever get an answer to this? Let's see what he's talking about. Oh, <laughs> I did not. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so there's a... If you're on Hey Mickey's Twitter, uh, to me, it looks like a plastic container full of shit. <laughs> like a big gold pile of dookie. <laughs> I should... But it, it is labeled as buttercream icing. So... <laughs> From from here, it looks like this is just a container of frosting. Yes. Uh, yes, frosting. <laughs> exactly. it, it, you can't tell. It's oh more of a reddish brown. <laughs> oh, my God. That picture uh, shows to uh, run for uh, uh, Carrie Fisher's obituary. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. It's the best thing. <laughs> I put the paper to like, pay, a, a2, the second page of the paper. I'm like, holy fuck. That's life day. <laughs> what what are we talking about? Oh, just it. Oh, fuck's sake! <laughs> Here. <sighs> oh, <laughs> yes. So, so is this is this your local newspaper? Yes. So your local paper in entertainment news posted a black and white picture in the obituary of Carrie Fisher from the holiday special. It's a group photo. 
Yeah, of all the stock photos in the world, <laughs> they go the with one... the publicity. They go with a uh, press photo for the holiday special with Chewbacca wearing a robe that is somehow too big it's a for Snuggie. Him. <laughs> yeah, it, it does look like a. The, the best thing about the scene is like if you ever watched the holiday special, you would know in the scene that Carrie Fisher is fucking lit. <laughs> Yeah, she died as Her she eyes are dilated so much. They are pretty much solid, but she's got cow eyes. <laughs> she is gone. Right. Dripping balls. It's fantastic. Yeah. The sad thing about this photo being black and white is you can't see how much eyeshadow Mark Hamill has on. <laughs> Spoilers. It's a lot. <laughs> like McCoy that time? Yes. Worse. Same, same, same reaction. Does he he's like too... he's being controlled by a villain in a Toku episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm still just kind of hung up on this container of frosting thing that you found. <laughs> like seriously, are they just selling containers of cake frosting? Yes, they are for five dollars. But, but, but the cool thing is, they give you a little plastic spoon to go with it. So you can have it on your lunch break. I don't understand this. <laughs> What's not to understand? It's a container full of frosting. You eat it. Who eats 12 ounces of frosting with no, like, you know, drink? Who doesn't? Well, you need to get a gallon of sweet tea to go with it. That's right. Ugh, sweet tea. And Look, frosting. Diabetes ain't going to happen on its own. <laughs> Couldn't I get the? Uh, can I get the thing of white frosting in the back and a gallon of chocolate milk? That's oh, disgusting. Wow. What is wrong with you? <laughs> okay, that's a horrifying picture of Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Mark Hamill. Can, can you see the amount of sheen on his upper eyelids? It's sheen. Seen his sheen. <laughs> I'm more taken by the evident fake eyelashes he has on. Uh huh. <laughs> okay, look, if you're not going to post that to Twitter, I am, because that's just. <laughs> you know, I bet when they were casting the Joker for Batman the Animated Series, this is the image they looked at when they considered Mark Hamill. <laughs> nope, this one. Oh, God. Ah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it's Simple Jack. It's Simple Jack from Tropic Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Wow. <laughs> well, we live in our own little universe, don't we, guys? Yes. Certainly, girls. Do. <laughs> it's, at least it's entertaining. All right. So, what are we watching next? Animated series? Uh. Uh, sure. Yeah, let's just move forward on that shit. Okay. So, we have four episodes to choose from. Well, we're doing it in order, right? I mean, we could or we could not. It just really doesn't matter at this point. Let's just do it in order. We're already doing it in order. Okay, yeah, so we're... that will give us episodes one and two of the second season. The Pirates yeah. of Orion and Bem. Boop, 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 season two. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sounds good to me. Pirates of Orion. When Spock is stricken by a disease fatal to Vulcans, the Enterprise races to meet a freighter with a load of drugs that provides the only cure. Yes. yes. I want the whole episode to be just that. 
you know, McCoy, I've got this disease. I need the cure. Oh, I don't really have it here, but there's a freighter nearby. Okay, go there, Warp Factor 6. Okay, thanks for the cure. And then that's it. <laughs> I want the episode to be just And that. once again, McCoy not bothering uh, to uh, have anything to care for Vulcans. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, don't you have, like, Vulcan antibiotics? Nah, why? It would take up space from, like, you know, my triple medicine. <laughs> I got a full suite of antibiotics for Eric's, whatever the fuck he is. Fuck Eric's. <laughs> I've got third hand cream. <laughs> third hand cream just It's the name of my new band. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing at all pleasant sounding about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, so cool. Animated series, season two, episode one and two. We'll do that. And uh, holidays are over. It's January. Everyone get the fuck back to work. Stop screwing off. You screw around Except too much. Except Luther King Day, which is like coming out like in two weeks. Oh, well, which means I almost certainly have it off. <laughs> and I so. bet you'll be, you know, fucking off to a barbecue again instead of doing the podcast like that other time. Uh, there's some jokes I can make about refrain. Um, no, I, I should be available for, for MLK. Yes, that will be on the 16th. Okay, yeah, I'll be here. Is that, if that's a Monday, I'll be here. It's I, always on a Monday. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'll be here then. Oh, it's the podcast and the holiday. My birthday <laughs> if, is later that week, too. If that, therefore, I will. So, we're good. Your birthday is what, the 18th? 19th. It was close. Yeah. Wait, what? Closer than I expected. Of uh, this month? Yes. Did we already discuss this? Did you have the same birthday as my as my wife? Well, that's interesting. No, I don't yeah. think I did. Y'all, you were yeah. practically interchangeable with his wife. Yeah. Pretty much. You got the same body shape. You know, that's really a lot more insulting to your wife than it is to me. <laughs> no, that's right. Two legs, two arms, <laughs> mouth. <laughs> yeah, you're both bipedal humanoids. <laughs> Okay, got to write down and make a note. If I ever, you know, spend time with your fiancé slash wife again, if we ever, like, no, all beat up again. Wife. There's no slash to that. It's just wife now. <laughs> it's, it's convergent evolution. <laughs> got to remember so, to tell her that you said that me and her had the same body shape. Right. So if I ever, if I ever like, walk up behind you and smack you on the ass, it's only because I thought you were her. So I apologize. It's not like I'm complaining. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you better not. There's another smack for you. <laughs> That's right. Gotta keep my bitches in line. Bitches leave. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Well, I think I'm spent for tonight. I oh, one more thing. Yep. Oh, God. Let me click the thing. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> That's Chewbacca's son. His name is Lumpy. <laughs> it certainly <laughs> is. I'm not making that up. I know you're not. Uh, <laughs> all right, so not that any of you assholes care, but if you want to see these pictures, just follow us on Twitter. Or don't. Or don't, for your own sanity. Yeah. For plausible deniability. Right. Oh, well. Alrighty, now that I've got lumpied, I'm out. I'm exhausted. This episode just... Headache. Hmm? 
I'm gonna go to bed and nurse this headache. You nurse it, yeah. All right, gentlemen and ladies, I uh, love you much. Talk to you what next is it week. Ladies, plural. We only have one lady here. Well, some of you are kind of suspect. Your mother. Yeah, Scott. <laughs> hey, it's legal now. Raise your hand if you had a facial. Um, like. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> Stop setting me up for jokes like that. <laughs> I had a middle-aged woman give me a facial, and it was fantastic. California, so like I bet you even use shampoo and conditioner. Actually, I don't. I just use soap. That's gay. What kind of soap? Like Irish Spring, of course. <laughs> it's tallow and whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Which is strangely also what my body is composed of. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Now at least I at least I can legitimately have a dad bod. You're a father now. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, I'm a stepfather. Like Patrick Duffy in Step by Step. Exactly like Patrick Duffy. Except he was actually a real dad, too, in that show. Cat, do not claw the toilet paper. <laughs> Why? Are you podcasting from the shitter again? <laughs> Every chair in this house is a shitter. I'll have to know. Remind me never to sit down in your house. That's why I bring my own chairs when I visit. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Pull down a sh- through a shower curtain and put it on. Oh, also, you left all your showering equipment here. So yeah, I, I realized I realized that a little bit after I got home, but that was also like literally just my hmm. travel kit. So it's not yeah, like okay. I'm. I'll mail it back to you whenever I get around to painting that stuff for you. Sure, sure. Or just keep it there for the next time he visits. <laughs> I mean, what's that would he? Work I, mean, too, I suppose. I mean, do you really want to just mail a pumice stone? <laughs> That's. <laughs> So I was going to bring all the good soap out of it and replace it with, like, Dawn or something. <laughs> well, it sure is leather up, Will. Damn. Joke's on you. That's Ajax. <laughs> Still better than replacing it with Dawn. How about some Lemon Joy? I keep drinking it, but I don't ever feel any happier. <laughs> Pine Sol. <laughs> That's not a soap. <laughs> It's not. Uh oh. <laughs> that explains the lily sheen on your forehead. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to finally have an explanation for that. Oh, I thought he was just on a TV show in the '60s. <laughs> <laughs>